0: Hello and welcome to the Rabbit Hole, the Definitive Developers Podcast, living large in New York. I'm your host, Michael Nunez. Our producer today, William Jeffries. And our intrepid guest, Delphi Kreutz. And today, we'll be talking about the Aristotle Project and specifically psychological safety. I would say that the intro is a little different. Dave is out at the moment enjoying a lengthy vacation as he enjoys vacation before he gets married which congratulations to him. Shout outs and clap uh, to him. And today we're talking about psychological safety. Sophie had the idea of pulling up this article about the Aristotle Project, which I have never heard before. We've done an episode on psychological safety, episode 31, if you want to go back and listen to that. But we were babies at the time. What do we know about psychological safety? Now we know a whole lot more Sophie, tell us how you learned about the Aristotle project, how to come to you and and whatnot.
1: Yeah, you know, it's funny. It's something that I think we're all going to be learning more and more about psychological safety as we go on. I don't think there's necessarily any point where you can say, oh, I've learned enough. You know, I think this is an evolving process. But yeah, I I think I heard about it. Initially, maybe when I was uh, going to Fullstack Academy and they spoke about psychological safety as being the most important factor in determining how effective a, a software team is. And I thought that was pretty compelling and was glad that they had actually done that research to prove that that was the case. But yeah, I mean, maybe we should talk about what we think that means and what Google thinks that means, psychological safety.
0: William, do you have any thoughts on what psychological safety means to you?
2: So I think in the manufacturing industry, there was kind of a revolution around safety as a first-class citizen. The idea that making a workplace more physically safe for workers made everybody more productive, made output higher. It was really good for profits. So naturally, it would be wonderful if we could take that same advice and apply it to Software development, but people sort of overlook it because there are no real present physical dangers to anybody who's working in an office. I mean, okay, sure, there are a couple, but it's not like you're going to lose a limb. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah. I mean, I remember walking into my college person who tries to figure out what you want to be when you grow up. And I was like, yeah, I want, yeah, the advisor, I want to be behind a desk where all my limbs are safe. Which meant that I did not want to be a computer engineer anymore. I didn't want to like deal with the soldering iron where I could burn myself by accident and I have to wear a apron to do the job. No, 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 no. I want to be super safe in front of my computer where I'm punching keys. And the thing that will kill me is arthritis. Arthritis is what's gonna get me. Not like me losing my wrist,
2: you know? <laughs> it's a painful way to die, you know. <laughs> arthritis. But I think that there is real value in trying to make the workplace safe for People who work in an office have different kinds of dangers that make them less productive. And I think they're primarily social. There's real danger when you are excluded from the group or ostracized in some way that that triggers a really basic reaction in people, makes them much more closed off. And, And I think you can see how that would make a team less productive the same way that not having proper guardrails in place or or having people out because of real workplace injury makes teams less proactive.
1: Right. But perhaps it's more subtle in some ways, so harder to address.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's very obvious when, you know, somebody gets their hair caught in a machine that that is a scary and dangerous thing. It's like less obvious when people aren't talking in meetings.
1: When someone feels like, right, you're in a meeting and someone feels like they can't contribute or they don't feel like they can contribute in the way that they want to bring up the topic areas, the elephants in the room, the paper tigers, and that kind of thing, because it isn't psychologically safe to do so. There might be consequences, that kind of thing.
0: Or even at another level, it's like, suppose you did some work that has bugs in it right and then you're out it because you introduced that into production and it was your fault that everyone had to wake up at 3 a.m to fix fix those changes
1: well and i would argue that there's rarely ever one single point of failure in that regard you know what i mean we, we work it within- was bobby's
2: <laughs> fault i mean we all know clearly it was bobby's
0: <laughs> fault that guy needs to write tests better that's what he needs to do and think about edge cases Man, get it together, Bobby. Like, that probably will not feel safe at all for, for Bobby at all, right? Like, Bobby's going to be think 12 steps ahead and be super anxious about the work that he picks up. He's probably not going to test his limits and be uncomfortable in parts of the code base that he's unfamiliar with. And Bobby's going to be a mess. He's <laughs> going to be miserable all the time. Poor
1: Bobby's just going to be unmotivated, you know? he's gonna Unmotivated. Think, why, why should I put in the
2: effort? And everybody who's afraid of being like Bobby is going to stop taking risks. Yes.
1: Don't be like Bobby. That's exactly it. He becomes like the scapegoat. He becomes the warning, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, happens a lot.
0: So we know that psychological safety is important. How do we, because I mean, I have the article here pulled up where it talks about how do you foster psychological safety, with, and I can go down to, you know, ask the question and, you know, we can agree or disagree as we go through them, but the idea that, you know, if these, you know, statements Strongly agree or disagree with you will determine whether your current workplace is psychologically safe for you to to be a part of.
1: Yeah, well, here's one definition for psychological safety. A team climate characterized by interpersonal trust and mutual respect.
2: There's another definition I have heard, or a definition of a psychologically unsafe environment, and it's an environment where everyone has to think a lot before talking.
1: Oh, mental overhead, additional mental overhead. Yes.
2: If you're spending a lot of time worrying about how what you say will be interpreted, then probably you feel unsafe.
1: Like I said, that's that's energy. You know, that's energy you're putting into mental overhead, into steps of translation just to communicate with the other members of your team. Whereas that energy could go so many other places, could go into actually writing code, actually delivering solutions.
0: Right. So you feel safe sharing your thoughts without much of that mental overhead because everyone is in mutual agreement and respect with each other. Yeah. That you can, you know, kind of look past those things. Right.
1: So then you can get to problem solving and solutionizing sooner, which, you know, I'm sure all of us at Stride, we seems like we really believe in the power of pair programming, And I have, you know, I absolutely do. And I think that to be an effective pair, you do have to have psychological safety. And what does that look like? And how do you, how do you develop that? So yeah, I think that's a pretty essential thing.
0: Yeah, because like a lot of the times if you have, if you're not psychologically safe, when you're pairing with someone, you may think that, oh, you know, Bobby's out to get me or he's going to critique my code as I'm typing, like in real time, you're being judged when that's not what pair programming does or is supposed to do. Right,
1: it's not it's not about judgment. Exactly, it's not about judgment, it's not about assessment. It's about problem solving together. Yeah, and and part of that problem solving together process is going to be you know communicating ideas and maybe you disagree about an idea and so you'll discuss it you'll say i think this code is working in this way and then if someone says well but i think it's working in this way that doesn't mean that they're threatening your psychological safety it doesn't mean that they're negating you it just means that you are coming to a mutual understanding so if if psychological safety you know if it's not there and that's standing in a in the way because it's lacking then i think you're you're going to have a harder time getting to that point of mutual understanding and and continuing along that path of actually communicating technical concepts with each other in real time and solving these problems together.
0: How do you foster psychological safety? We got the definition. Thank you Sophie. And you know, using the documentation i guess the results of this study that has happened should be in the show notes we'll make sure we'll add it there's a organizational behavioral scientist named amy edmondson edmondson asked the team members how strongly they agree or disagree with these statements and this will determine whether you have psychological safety in your workplace or not and i'll start with the first one then we should have a discussion because the first one's already like pretty massive number one If you make a mistake on this team, it is often held against you. Uh Uh-oh. Right. Uh oh Uh, I think that anyone- How about that
1: typo? That typo there, Bobby. Mm -mm -mm. Mm. You don't know how to type.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Bobby, what's wrong with you? Yeah. Get it together. Yeah. What? Like, we should have refactored that. Why don't you- Why aren't you thinking ahead and refactoring things? that.
1: Right. So like- the this this commit message.
0: (laughs) Sure. Sucks. I cannot
1: believe- (laughs)
0: <laughs> so the idea the idea that like you I think you mentioned it before uh there are multiple steps and systems in place where mistakes happen And it's not at the, it can be taken at a much bigger, like it takes more than just a person to make a mistake when you introduce something in production, right? Because there's so many different steps that exist. But if someone is pointed and oust as the person who makes the mistake, then we know that you, one may not feel psychologically safe in that environment because you don't want to make mistakes.
1: Right. Exactly. If it's evident that a scapegoat is needed, something goes wrong, we we know we have an issue with psychological safety because as we both know, if a bug gets all the way into production, there there's so many stopgaps, you know, along the way. There's the person who wrote the code, there's the person who reviewed the code, there's the other members on the team, there's the QA, you know, there's there's regression, there's so many places.
0: Right, there's, there's demo, right? Like the physical act of showing the, the thing across your team with your stakeholders. That's another point gap of checking all these different places. But it it would, you know, even in those parts, it would, there has been teams where it's like, oh no, that was Bobby who introduced that bug as opposed to, you know, Lucy or Daisy or whoever have you who may have seen it and then said something for that change.
1: Well, and I think a healthy system would then examine how did our process fail here how did this fail us and also even like even if someone did make a mistake and we all make mistakes and that's part of how we learn of course even if someone did make a mistake we look at like, how are how are we going to react to that? Because I think the appropriate reaction would be something on the lines of, okay, what did we learn from this? And if that's, that's not the reaction, then we don't qualify for number one here. But I think number two is interesting. Also, members of this team are able to bring up problems and tough issues.
0: Yeah, because you know, uh, I would imagine that if you're in a psychologically unsafe space, then you may not be able to bring up these problems because you know I've heard phrases like that's how we've always done things or there's nothing wrong with the you know with the process everything is fine
1: it's a dangerous one that's how we've always done things because where else in the world would that be logically sound right just because you've always done it that way right like we didn't used to have modern medicine and now we do have modern medicine but if if I went to you Bobby and I said look we use leeches here that's how we've always done it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> leeches, were if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Here's a leech. Put it on your arm, yeah. you'll be right out.
1: And then, and then you, Bobby, might not be able to say, you know what, actually, I think perhaps just a band-aid would be perfect.
0: Some gauze right on the arm.
1: Yeah, but you might not feel as if you can bring up your problem with the leeches. And, and then progress is totally stalled
0: right because you're you're stuck in that one process not thinking of other options or solutions and even bringing that up is an issue right right, right? like that's like the really big thing well and perhaps
1: even if you are thinking of potential problems and solutions you cannot articulate them and so over time i would imagine that not being able to articulate these things ends up meaning that you do in fact, stop thinking about potential solutions. And so I think that that's the step that gets really dangerous. So
0: watch out for that. If number two, if you're unable to bring up, you know, tough problems, tough issues in your team, definitely want to check that check that safety. Uh, Number three, uh, people on the team sometimes reject others for being different. And this could go, you know, there's all different types of life for software engineers. And I think that, you know, a lot Of the times, you know, psychologically safe environment will be that there are disagreements across other people's for different for different reasons, like, oh, I disagree with, you know, implementing a factory pattern in this particular module versus, oh, no, I'm smarter than you. For obvious for obvious reasons, come out right like that's a, a completely different ways of disagreements and rejection, if you will. And for being different is kind of I can imagine that being you know quite harsh on that individual who may be deemed "quote unquote" different.
1: Well, and this reminds me of a quote, and I'm paraphrasing a little bit here, but this is a quote from Bill Nye. He said that the more diverse a system is the better it can respond to changes.
0: Yes, I agree with that because they're more, because they're so, the more diverse it is, the more options are available. Yeah, points of view are different. Shout out to Bill Nye, the science guy, friend of the show.
1: Shout out to Bill (laughs) Nye. Go listen to his podcast. Here's a plug for Bill Nye. He's got a podcast called Science Rules. Yes,
0: and it does, for sure. And I think that um, the, the idea, yeah, so like there is a difference between rejecting I mean, reject is a hard word too, right? Like disagreement is probably the thing that I'm thinking about versus a rejection of something. And rejecting others for being different is is quite mean. So don't don't do that. That's no don't do, That's no good.
1: Don't do it. Yeah, because everyone's different. So just remember that. And a homogenous culture is not a healthy culture, right? As as that quote would imply. If you don't have diversity, you have a culture that's homogenous, and therefore you don't have the flexibility that you need, especially in a, in a changing world like we do have in twenty twenty
0: one. Right. That also brings up something in terms of hiring. I've been in the hiring part of the of the space for a while, and you know the term culture fit is often used for a person that we're hiring. I forget where I picked up the verbiage or the vocabulary to think about not use the word culture fit, but a culture add, right? We're adding to our culture by you know bringing this person onto the team versus this person fits our current culture, so they should be part of it. So adding is important and you definitely want to do more adding.
1: I love that. I love changing the language in that way. That's That's so well considered
0: right and um don't reject other people for being different that's that's the that's number three the that, you story. Not do that.
1: yeah <laughs> got a few more here that we can go through it is safe to take a risk on this team it is difficult to ask other members of this team for help no one on this team would deliberately act in a way that undermines my efforts working with members of this team my unique skills and talents are valued and utilized
0: Yeah, I mean, definitely, it is safe to take risk on the team very similar to number one, right? Like if you can't take risks, then when mistakes happen, you're to blame.
1: Right. And I think this ties back into this idea, if you can't bring things up, it actually starts to kill the vibrancy of independent thought and creative problem solving.
0: And asking for help, pair programming kind of allows you to do that like in real time because you're pairing with someone when it's difficult to ask other team members for help you know can be a, a blocker to a lot of things because like oh I have my work that I need to do and if I don't finish it I'll get in trouble and I'll be ousted if I don't spend all my energy on this because if I introduce a bug then I'll be called out for it so not even being able to help other individuals you know makes that very very difficult too
1: and and it creates silos if people don't ask each other for help
0: no one on this team would deliberately act in a way that undermines my efforts i guess yeah i would feel psychologically unsafe if if i had introduced something and then someone went right into my code the very next commit and changed everything it's like oh wow like okay you're definitely taking the work that yeah, i've done the
1: thesis of teamwork right there <laughs> <laughs> it's just exact opposite,
0: and always want you. You definitely want to work on a place that where your skills are be are valued, right? Like the fact that people appreciate yeah you, you coming into work and bringing in you know the good work that you do. Well,
1: and and think about this too. Like if I wanted to actively undermine you, Bobby, that. That takes effort itself. I would have to plan. Oh, okay. I'd have to get up in the morning. I'd have to think, all right, well, I got to do my job and I have to undermine Bobby and his job. And that's a whole other task. Yeah.
0: Bobby always introduced bugs into the code. So I have to go and ensure that that's, he doesn't do that. So let me look at his PR, oh my god, that's gross. Let me start making some changes that I feel are better than his. Just steamrolling through all of the code changes that happen.
1: But a more effective solution might be just to work on pair programming with Bobby. And that way, we will have shared knowledge, we will have shared understanding we will have mutual respect ultimately ideally
0: in the in there's a there's a TED talk i guess that goes through some of the questions that we had as well and they talk about three things that one may be able to do to foster psychological safety in your team the first one being frame the work as a learning problem not an execution problem
1: Yes, growth mindset. I think is what this is speaking to, right?
0: And the idea that, like, hey, we're all here. To l- we're all going to learn something new today. Right. It's not like you need to go execute this problem swiftly. It's like, hey, we have this issue. How do we fix it? And let's all learn from it.
1: Right. And, and I would say it's actually more impressive. And this is a little bit of an opinion. You know, this is a little bit of an IMHO. But I think that it is more impressive. It's if someone can demonstrate their ability to learn something new rather than demonstrating something they already know.
0: Right. Yeah. Because like you, you're able to show, hey, I'm learning something new. And, and this is the way that I go about the learning process. How I
1: learn. I've demonstrated I can learn. So clearly I've, I've demonstrated that I have good thought process and that I can, if I don't know it, I can acquire that knowledge.
0: Number two is acknowledge your own fallibility.
1: Fallibility. Yes. Yes. I love this one. I love it. So I make mistakes.
0: Yeah. I mean, the, but this one is a little difficult. I guess it goes in tandem with the, because one would have to admit their own fallibility and the team needs to make sure that because i'm owning up to it that people can't just point at me for it right like there has to be some there has to be some changes across the entire team in fallibility for us to you know be able to move forward psychologically safe e i guess is the word
1: because if i'm the only one that's fallible that's a problem Everyone has to demonstrate their fallibility. And how do we do that? Do we do it all together? (laughs) Do we do it in sequence? Does the team leader do it first because they're in a position of authority and power? And therefore, once they've done it, everyone else on the team can also do it. I'd, I'd be curious to see what exactly the process is here for integrating fallibility into a team and demonstrating that.
0: I would think that it would be wise for like, everyone can start doing it, but like people will definitely move forward when, team leads or people with respect to do it too because then you know they're probably the people who are enforcing the psychologically unsafe like environment so if they're that actually is that person whoever is deemed the you know the culprit i guess of a lot of the things we discussed before if they start to realize like hey it's all right i failed in this you know introducing this new feature we're all gonna learn
1: lead by example there you
0: go would definitely help the last one is a uh, model curiosity and ask lots of questions and this one is also i think difficult because you know people may think that asking a lot of questions is like you you are
1: demonstrative of your lack of knowledge
0: yes exactly
1: but in fact it's not at all
0: that. right And it could also come off as like, "Oh, you don't trust me. Why are you asking so many questions?" Is like the idea Mm, too.
1: Yeah, if, if you are, if you're asking questions of someone and they don't feel psychologically safe, they could interpret it in that way. That's true. So,
0: I mean, those I I personally think that it, you know, fostering those three things, you have to do it, you know, very tactically because I feel like they can work against you, especially those last two, it could work against you in terms in your psychologically unsafe environment. So everyone needs to be down to do those three things.
1: Everyone's got to be on board. Everybody's got to hop on that wagon, perhaps especially leadership, right? If you do have a situation where it's not a super flat hierarchy, too, then it will be really, really good for people who do have a little bit more authority to all the curiosity to ask lots of questions to show themselves making mistakes
0: and um yeah and don't you don't know, stop rejecting people for being different that's that's uh, that should have been the other one the number four uh, that's what you could do to foster psychological safety everyone's different and you should accept people for who they are and learn more about them and get that mutual respect amongst appears. peers
1: yes and and not only that but in terms of acknowledging other people's differences like find their unique strengths and that's that's how you get to unicorn status i'm pretty sure
0: yeah i mean i'm sure there's a unicorn project out there we'll talk about that sometime in the future yeah and uh i think that with
1: that'll be up next
0: this one i think is the largest bit of the aristotle project the following four Uh, And I'll just go through them briefly, and we'll probably talk more about them in the upcoming episodes. We have dependability, we have structure and clarity, we have meaning, Mm, my favorite, and we have impact. We'll definitely talk and dive into more of those. As you know, Google has realized over time that it's not just about co-locating your team or workload size or seniority that makes a good team, it's these you know, five different attributes. And we spoke about psychological safety just now. And I'm interested in finding more information about the other, the other four.
1: More to come. Stay tuned.
0: Stay tuned. Follow us now on Twitter at Radio Free Rabbit so we can keep the conversation going. Like what you hear? Give us a five-star review and help developers just like you find their way into the rabbit hole and never miss an episode. Subscribe now, however you listen to your favorite podcast. On behalf of our producer extraordinaire, William Jeffries, and my amazing co-host, Dave Anderson, and me, your host, Michael Nunez, thanks for listening to The Rabbit Hole.